You defined your assets. What about the parts you need to maintain them? What do you do with that? Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts, a podcast created by Trailblazer Consulting. Here we highlight proven solutions developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply these solutions to your company. We share our experience solving information management challenges like creating and implementing a records retention schedule, creating an asset data hierarchy, or helping with email management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will discuss what to do with your parts after you define your assets. Moore, how do you want to handle this approach? So whenever I say, you say manage your parts, I just have this picture of a giant hardware store with lots of cute little bins holding a million washers and bolts and filters and gaskets. And it looks looks very cool. It's all very shiny. But do you know where everything is and why do you have them? So when I go to the hardware store, I always ask somebody, where do I find this part that I need to fix my screen door? And I usually bring the old part with me. I assume that when you're a maintenance engineer, you've got a good idea of when, what kind of washer do you need for which piece and what kind of gasket do you need for things that you repair on a regular basis. So there's two pieces I see in this parts management space that we should talk about. The first is, what if you have a specialty part that's needed for a certain piece of equipment? And one of the things that came up when we were building the asset hierarchy and testing our theories, testing these theories and ideas with the airport that we've talked about a few times is that if you have a door and you need to fix the hinges on it, there's a there's an approach where you just send an experienced ironmonger out to the field. He measures the door, he cuts the hinges, he makes it all fit. And we actually had this discussion because fire doors became a hot topic in our asset hierarchy development process there because the old time engineer was like, we don't need a list. We don't need parts. We just, we can build that. We know what to do. And the commercial guy who was responsible for dealing with the fire safety people and the fire inspections as those happen was through the roof. No, absolutely not. We have to replace anything on the fire door with fire safety rated equipment and it has to fit exactly. If you have a slightly off door uh, seal, then air can get through and it doesn't do its job. And so there are actually really good reasons for tracking the specialty hinges that fit the fire doors. And so when you're thinking about your asset data and you've defined what your assets are, and you've got your asset register at the granular level in your maintenance management system, for instance, you want a connection between this fire door and the specific parts that you might need to replace on it, whether it's fire safety glass in a window, or it's a hinge and a seal that fits perfectly, versus the hinges or the windows that you might replace in an interior door that is not a fire rated door. And you want to keep those separate because of course the fire safety rated ones cost more <laughs> um, and you need to know when you're running low. And that's the other half of this. So the first half is understanding what parts do you need and which ones can be generic versus which ones are very specific and you need to line them up against certain assets. The second part is how do you keep track of them? 
they're small, they're small usually, they don't cost a lot. And in our asset definition discussions, if you check out that episode, you know, we talk about value and at a certain threshold, it's not worth it to track some of these assets as individual assets. At the same time, you have to know when you're running low. So in my life, in my kitchen, I keep track of flour because I make bread. And so I have a running inventory of how much bread flour do I have versus how much all-purpose flour or white whole wheat flour. And when I get down to only one bag of each left, I order more. Same idea applies in your parts warehouse where you're keeping track, but it's so many more things that you can't do it in your head like I do for my flour. So your parts catalog can be linked to an inventory management system where every time that you take out one of these specialty parts in particular, something that's hard to replace or that takes a longer lead time, you take it out of your inventory. And when you hit a threshold that you set based on how many do you need at a time, how hard is it to get them, what's the lead time, you hit that threshold and your system can notify you, hey, it's time to reorder. So that parts management piece becomes an essential part of your overall maintenance scheduling. Your and your operations. You know that you always have what you need. What do you think about that? It makes sense. Let's start there. We did have an episode where we talked about the parts catalog before. So you have a listing of all of your parts and how they relate to the different assets. So we've covered that piece. But this, in terms of you know first in, first out, or your inventory perspective that you're talking about here, I mean, vitally important because there's such a we also mentioned such a large supply chain of where these parts can be coming from, right? We opened it up to the entire world in terms of where where iron could come from and steel and so forth. Um, and you need to know, we said that we need you need to know your vendors and you need to know where where this the batches are, what batches something is created from. So I think you're right on track in terms of making sure that your inventory is correct. Um, I'm glad you reminded me about that, how we expanded our asset management tracking all the way to the whole world, uh, because in your parts catalog, you can trace origin, you can trace batches or lot numbers, you can trace manufacturers and vendors, and you've got your procurement team as part of this process too, because they're the ones who are maintaining relationships with the vendors at angling for better pricing. And they're also watching for when something goes not just out of stock, but actually is no longer being manufactured. It's got, it's become obsolete. What's the replacement? How do you find it? The vendor went out of business or they were bought and sold into, you know, subsumed by somebody larger and they have a different version. That's all part of keeping your parts catalog and your parts inventory up to date. The other piece of it that I that we ran into at the airport again is where you're doing a new capital build and you're bringing some new things online and they need different replacement parts. And at the airport, it was about the elevator maintenance side. The elevators were a different brand. They needed different maintenance. The technicians needed new training. So that was one piece of it. But I remember from many years ago, there was a story about a subway system that bought all new cars and the replacement doors did not fit the new cars. And so they'd invested in a lot of new subway cars, a door broke, they wouldn't try and fix it. They didn't have the right doors. 
And that caused them to take those cars out of circulation, which cost them money and slowed things down. So there's a real connection between good management of replacement parts, maintaining the inventory, maintaining the link to the asset that's in your asset base, that's in operation and making sure you understand what do you need and making sure you're ready to do it. The last piece I want to mention is some of those replacement parts have a life of their own, even if they're sitting on the shelf. And if they sit on the shelf too long, it's like if I left my flower, if I bought so much flour that I couldn't use it in four years, by the time I got to that last bag from four years ago, that's probably not good anymore. Um, so you don't want to have too much inventory. That happens with especially anything with a moving cart something that is like a small motor that has to have its oil changed and has to be exercised coming outside of the asset world and into our our more familiar world of information management that used to be a big thing with backup tapes you had to exercise them on a regular basis and actually play them backwards and forwards or uh, make sure that they weren't being stretched or becoming dry and brittle so that you could retrieve the information if you needed to so just leaving things sit isn't always a good idea. Um, it depends on what it is, but that's all part of your, your parts management, your parts inventory and the management side of that, which is a big support to your overall asset management activities. Okay. I think that's good. If we have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com or look us up on the web at www.trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening and please tune in to our next episode. Also, if you like this episode, please be a champion. Share it with people in your social media network. As always, we appreciate you, the listeners. Special thanks goes to Jason Blake who created our music. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon.